It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome back to the Karma Comic Chameleon Podcast. I'm Rob, and I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Today, we're jumping into a new subreddit for KCC, Tales from the Squad Car. Our first story today comes to us from Sting 2018, the time my ex-girlfriend decided to take a sledgehammer to an unmarked Tahoe because I broke up with her. Let's jump right in. I'll keep the setup short. I committed the mistake that so many men have, and I stuck my eggplant in a hot, crazy chick, and I dated her for two months. I broke up with her. I broke up with her on a Tuesday. We had dated for like two months. I have a good friend, let's call him Bob. Bob is a cop, more like a detective. Bob drives an unmarked Tahoe as his police vehicle. I also, at the time, owned a Tahoe. Anyway, I broke up with my ex on a Tuesday, and on Thursday, we were getting ready for our poker game around 5pm. Bob and his partner stopped by my house to drop off his buy-in. He was going to get off work at 7, and it'd take him 45 minutes to get to my place for the game, and he was in the neighborhood. He was also trying to get his partner to come join us. So there we are, Bob and his partner in my house just shooting the crap. When we start hearing banging noises and shortly followed by a car alarm going off, we step outside and there is my ex-girlfriend with a sledgehammer going hard on this unmarked police car. And all three of us stood there in amazement. She sees us and says, You broke my heart. Now I'm going to smash up your car. I'm smirking. That's not my car. She gets another couple bashes and Bob goes, Who is that? To me. Bob hadn't met my ex, only heard of her. I go, that's my ex-girlfriend that I broke up with on Tuesday. He goes, ah, makes sense. I was actually kind of surprised at how reserved Bob was, but I guess it's not every day that a crazy ex-girlfriend mistakes an unmarked police car for her ex-boyfriend's car. At this point, I'm grateful for two things. One, I have two police officers with me. Two, my ex isn't smashing up my car, but the cop's car. At this point, Bob pulls out his pepper spray and flashes his badge and orders my ex to put down the sledgehammer. My ex tells him to go F himself as she takes another swing at his unmarked police car. Bob gets closer and introduces himself as a detective, flashing his badge. He was in plain clothes and demands she put down the sledgehammer. He does this once more. I'm sitting there thinking, oh boy, oh boy, this bee is about to get pepper sprayed on top of being arrested for vandalizing an unmarked patrol car, which she thinks is mine. She is brilliant. She stops, looks at Bob and goes, is that effing pepper spray? 
To which Bob goes, yes, I'm a cop, put down the sledgehammer. She had this really defeated look on her face, my excitement is going down. She drops the sledgehammer, Bob does his thing and places her in handcuffs as she's crying, trying to justify why it's okay for her to destroy my car. The thing is, it's not my car. At this point, Bob informs her she didn't actually damage my car, she damaged an unmarked police car. Oh boy did she get angry, cause you see, she's still going to jail, but she didn't actually do the thing she wanted to do, which was damage my car. She goes, you're crapping me. Now, I could tell Bob's partner was having a laugh at this whole situation, so was I, so his partner reaches in the Tahoe and turns on the emergency lights, and the whole thing lit up like a police car because it was a cop car. By this point, Bob had called in a regular police car because his car wasn't equipped to transport suspects, no cage as he put it. My ex is sobbing. She then looks at me and says, please don't press charges to which Bob informs her that it's not my decision to press charges or not since it wasn't my vehicle that was damaged and that the city would most definitely be pressing charges for damaging government property. She cries more. His partner comes over and talks to me and goes, why did you break up with her? Cause she's crazy. Why is she crazy? What did she do? Well, for one, she took a sledgehammer to an unmarked patrol car. The partner laughs, I understand. A normal unit arrives, Bob briefs the cop on what's going on, cop looks at Bob's patrol car and goes, she did a number, huh? Chuckles and places her in the back of his car. And that was the last time I ever saw Tiffany. Bob and his partner showed up to poker later that night and we had a good laugh. Apparently, she had been hit with quite a few charges. Does anybody remember that hot and crazy Matrix video on YouTube where you were told not to date anybody in the crazy danger zone and that included redheads, hairdressers, and any chick named Tiffany? If we look past the crazy, I can understand how she made the mistake and damaged the unmarked cop car because OP says it looked almost identical to his own. To her credit though, once she realized the mistake she was making, she stopped. That doesn't make her any less crazy though. Our next story today comes to us from I Fly Airplane, How Quickly Things Turn. Now a quick disclaimer before we get into this one, this one deals with suicide, and so if you want to skip over it, I have put chapters in this one, you can click right on to the next chapter. Let's jump right in. It's a Monday, my Friday, and I'm cruising around doing trooper things. I'm northbound on an interstate, and I drive by what appears to be an abandoned car on the right shoulder. It had out-of-state plates, so I file it in the back of my head to check on later to see if I can get an easy stolen recovery or a simple impounding. I continue on stopping a few cars, creating hate and discontent with the general motoring public who feel that since the roads are empty, it is now their personal autobahn. The last two cars I've stopped have stopped in the HOV lane, so it is about time to have a relaxing moment with an abandoned car. I pull in behind the vehicle and run the plate. Doesn't return stolen, but I decided I'm gonna go verify the VIN just in case. I put my spotlight on the car and I see a head pop up. Let radio know I'm out with a disabled vehicle and put my AAA with a badge pants on. Approach the passenger window and begin my spiel to see what this motorist needs. Gas, car die, flat tire. Met with a crying female. I've dealt with them before, some drunk, some just having a bad day, some with car troubles. This one though feels different. I say I wanted to stop out with you and see that everything is okay. 
I'm just, I'm just not feeling too good right now. Ah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. What's going on? I notice a phone in the female's lap, and from it comes another female voice. It's okay, honey, you can tell him. My heart sinks. I again ask if everything is okay. She starts sobbing. Ask if something is wrong with the car. She shakes her head no. I now have my suspicions. Are you suicidal? More sobbing and a nod. Have you thought about killing yourself recently? More sobbing and a nod. From the phone comes, she has a history of depression, and today is especially bad, officer. I ask if she had a plan to kill herself. I can't quite remember, but either she said or the voice on the phone said she was thinking about running her car into the barrier. Voice on the phone is her mother, who lives out of state. I ask her to turn the car off and hand me the keys, in case she decides to put the aforementioned plan into action. She does so. I begin talking with the mom. I tell her I'm going to get her daughter out of her vehicle and into mine so that I can separate her from her potential method and I can better control the situation. I tell the female I'm going to come around and help her out. As I move around the vehicle, I let radio know what's going on, ask for more units and aid to come to my scene. I get her out and make sure she doesn't have any hidden weapons to hurt me or herself. I get her into my car. And then I just talked with her. She wanted her purse and phone. I grabbed those quickly and again, just talked with her and her mom. I talked with her until aid got there. She told me she was willing to go to a hospital to get the help that she needed. If she hadn't, I would have done the involuntary commit because she needed the help. She told me about her likes, why she moved to the area, just general things. I tried to keep the talking points to happy things and pointed out all the things that she needed to do in this area. She loves nature, and boy do we have nature here. I gave her some places that she should check out when she gets the chance. The ambulance arrives, and she asks if I could go to the hospital with her. Unsure why she wanted me to go, but I called my sergeant and asked if I could go for a bit. He understood and said, that's fine, do what you gotta do. Off to the hospital I went. I had to take her stuff to the hospital anyway. Turns out, she just wanted to thank me. I told her that I gave her mother my work number and email. I told her I would send her mom an email about where she was, how to get there, and where the car went, driven from the scene by family friends. Her mother was flying in the next day to be with her. Off I went. I'm a trooper, and therefore I'm a robot who prints tickets and has zero tolerance for BS on my highway. At least, that's what everyone thinks. There are people behind the uniform who genuinely care. I'm not the most connected to my emotions person ever, but I feel I can sympathize with people and get a quick understanding of what is going on in their lives. It was that bad for this female that she decided to pull over on the highway and just sit. Who knows, her mom could have talked her down or reassured her, or maybe not. What if I hadn't stopped out with her vehicle and discovered her in it? I don't know. I don't know if anyone here needs to hear or read it, but there are people out there who don't even know you who are willing and able to help you. They care. Hell, I may never see her again, but I'm still thinking about her and hoping she is doing better. Seek help if you need it. In this day and age, when a few bad apples have destroyed the whole reputation of a profession, it's nice to hear a story of a caring, kind individual behind a badge who shows compassion for their fellow human beings. Our next story today comes to us from, oh, so you speak Korean? I also speak Korean. Let's jump right in. 
Some background information on myself, I'm a large white man from Nebraska standing at 6'3", who enjoys lifting weights and coaching my son's football team. I also spent 20 years in the military and did three years as a contractor for the army after retiring. During my years in the army, I spent 12 of which in Korea and three additional as a contractor. I also met my wife in Korea and learned Korean during this time as well. I've been told my Korean is quite good. I've been a cop for a Texas police department for about 15 years now. So now that you got some background, let's jump into my story. I was assigned a rookie officer to help give him some on-the-job training. There isn't much crime in my neck of the woods. We live in a good community and it was middle of the day when we clock a BMW doing 67 in a 50. We take off after the car and pull him over. By all accounts, this is looking like a pretty bog-standard everyday traffic stop. We run the plates before proceeding and everything comes out clean. I suspect this might be a good stop for my rookie to take the lead on, dip his toes in the water, shall we say? I tell the rookie he's to take the lead, I'll stay back, and he's to call me if he feels he needs assistance. He says alright, I stay back. A couple minutes pass and I can tell my rookie is a bit disgruntled. You might say confused. After another minute, he comes back to me. I don't understand the driver. My first reaction is this driver is drunk. Is the driver drunk? My rookie goes, no, he doesn't appear to be drunk. I don't understand whatever language he's speaking in. At first, I suspected Spanish, but in hindsight, had it been Spanish, I'm sure my rookie cop would have been able to tell if the driver was speaking Spanish. So I take over, walk up, and ask for the regular documents. To my surprise, the driver says in Korean, I'm sorry, I don't understand English, in Korean. I smile and say in Korean, oh, you speak Korean? Me too. To which the driver turns abruptly and is staring at me with this look of horror on his face. And he goes, you don't look Korean. How did you learn Korean? I smiled and said, I met my wife in Korea when I was stationed there during my time in Korea and she taught me Korean. He's stumbling over himself. You know darn well he had no idea that this tall white officer could speak Korean. I smile and go, we pulled you over for speeding. I'm going to need you to give me your license, registration, and insurance. He provides me with the documents. I go back to the car to do my thing. His driving record is pretty clean. A couple minor infractions over the years, but nothing to write home about. However, I'm noticing a couple things. He has stapled his insurance cards from USAA together from expired to current over the course of three years, which means he's somehow affiliated with the military at some point and he has a standard Texas driver's license, which I suspect means he can speak English. Nevertheless, let's write this man a ticket and move on with our day. I write him a ticket, come back, explain all the details in Korean. This is a pretty easy traffic stop, and before I let him go, I ask, how did you learn Korean? And in English, which is the first time he's spoken to me in English, he says, I was also in the army as a linguist. I say, ah, that makes sense. Hey, before you go, I'm going to put in the system attached to your driver's license that you do speak English. So next time you're pulled over, don't pretend like you don't speak English. He looks at me with a defeated look and goes, sorry, officer. Thank you, officer. And off he goes. It really does make me wonder how many times this guy's gotten away with this in the past. Oh, sorry, I don't speak English. I don't know what you're saying. Just let me on my way. Not today, my good man. Not today. Our next story today comes to us from Mesoscale92. 
F work, I'm following this guy till the cops stop him. Let's jump right in. Few years back, I was working as a runner for a car dealership chain, transporting vehicles between lots and warehouses. One particular morning, I was driving a freshly detailed SUV with my coworker to swap it for two dirty ones. I got off the highway and stopped just as the light turned red. I sat there watching traffic. I suddenly heard a loud clang followed by a skittering sound. I look up and saw a road sign sliding across a concrete embankment across the intersection, and above it, an old pickup truck dropping off the curb back onto the roadway. It was immediately obvious that the driver took the off-ramp too fast and jumped the curb. You see that crap? Yeah, another amazing driver, eh? Wait, he's not stopping. What do you want to do? I'm going to call 911, not sure if he's okay. It was at this moment I began to realize what innocent soul I was. I believed that the driver was diabetic or was having some other medical episode. After all, who drives drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning? I dial 911 on my work phone and put it on speaker as the light turned green. I accelerated until I was behind the truck, not tailgating, but close enough to read the plate. 911, what's the nature of your emergency? I'm westbound on 55, following a blue-green pickup, plates ABC 123. He took out a street sign at the 55-100 interchange and took off. Okay, is the truck still on 55? Yes, the cross street is due- Whoa! The truck drifts halfway out of its lane before suddenly snapping back. I decided right there not to let the truck out of my sight. The cops may catch him five minutes later, but he could easily kill someone in that time. To my coworker, F getting the cars, I'm following him until the cops show up. Okay, we have an officer en route. Are you still following the truck? Yes, he's still westbound at Green Avenue. The good news is that the suspect is driving towards the city police HQ, but that also means he's heading towards a strip mall and a busy intersection. Luckily, the light is green and we pass the intersection without incident. The whole time, I'm relaying the suspect's position to 911. A mile down the road, he pulls off into a gas station and parks. I pass the entrance he used, circle around, and enter the gas station from the other side so I don't spook him and park on the other side of the lot. With a clear view of his vehicle, I see the driver, a skinny guy in a dirty wife beater, getting out and walk to the front of his truck. He crouches briefly to inspect his front bumper before going inside. As soon as he goes inside, a squad car pulls in. The officer circles the station, passing the truck. I hop out and flag him down. I'm the one that called it in, that's the truck. Oh, okay. Dispatch said it was a different color. Where's the driver? I look up. Actually, he's walking to his truck now. Okay, thanks. The officer loops around the station again, positioning himself behind the suspect as he drives out of the lot. The officer lights him up and we get back to work. By chance, the suspect stopped on the route back from the warehouse. Five minutes later, I'm driving back and see a second squad car has stopped and both officers are talking to the suspect. Sucks to be him. 15 minutes later, I'm making another run and see the suspect's truck is being loaded onto a flatbed. Really sucks to be him. An hour later, I get a call from an unknown number on my work phone. It was the officer I spoke to at the gas station. He thanked me for calling it in and said he ended up arresting the driver for DUI. Don't drink and drive, folks. It's not just the cops out to get you, it's the rest of us too. I'm a firm believer that if you're doing something that only puts yourself at risk, then I'm going to sit back and see if you qualify for a Darwin Award. But if you're doing something that puts the innocent public at risk, like driving drunk, you're darn right I'm going to call it in. 
And I hope everybody watching this right now and listening to this on the podcast would actually do the same. Thank you for listening to the Karma Comic Chameleon podcast. Make sure to check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash karma comic chameleon and on Facebook at facebook.com slash kccrub.